Welcome to the Coaches Area podcast, hosted by me, Ross Flintoff. It's in association with Tattle Thinker, where the listener or listeners will be able to have full access, all areas, to coaches talking about the beautiful game. Today, my special guest is my um, footballing guru, footballing coaching guru, Mr. Bert Jan Hegemins. Hiya, BJ, are you okay? I'm fine, thank you, Ross. Thanks for the invite. Um, just going to kick things off in a slightly different way. Um, Obviously, we, we we know each other from Brand United, but obviously the listeners don't know us very well or they, they don't know yourself, BJ, very well. So when did you move to the UK and why? Um, oh, can I remember? It's, uh, no, no, it's 1997. So that's about 26 years ago I came, uh, I came to England. The reason for that was that... Um, I had a decent career in, in Holland as a football player, didn't do too much coaching. But Anna, my wife, got a job offered in England at the University uh, of Newcastle, mixed with uh, with University side. So we ended up in Durham uh, with our two small children, Rick and, uh, and Emma, seven and eight years old. And BJ said, off we go. I was a bit finished with my job, so I went there without any knowledge about the UK, just to support my wife and my children. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's how it started. Yeah, we ended up in, in, in Langley, Park, uh, Langley Moor, that's, so that's um, uh, the county Durham. Uh, it's between Durham and Brandon. And that's where we lived for two years. And then we moved in 2000, we moved to Brandon Village and... Uh, that's how it started. Brilliant. So again, we'll kick off kick off the pod. What does football or football coaching mean to you? Uh, I just told you that I didn't do too much uh, in football coaching in Holland. I had uh, quite a decent, strong opinion about coaches because from the ten coaches I had, I think in my career or fifteen. There were about one or two decents, and the rest were, and you have a nice word for that in the UK, crap. And these people work hard, but I, in my opinion, they didn't have a clue what they were doing. Uh, so I was a difficult player. I, I always had my opinion. Um, but you can, of course, tell people off, but if you do it yourself, then it's slightly different. So I came to England. Rick wanted to play football. And, yeah, I went to the local football club and there what, what I saw at Brandon Cricket Club, because that's where he started, no changing rooms, uh, no clubhouse, nothing, only a pitch. You rent from the, from the council. You have to do your own lines. You have to do your own nets. Eh? Call your own referees. Pay your own referees, blah, blah, blah. So... That opened a lot for me because we in Holland are so spoiled. Every club is so well organized. Yeah, talking about what was my philosophy, I, at that time, I didn't even have a philosophy. I thought I'm going to help people in England and I try to mix the English culture with the Dutch culture because I think that makes you World Cup winners. We tactically and organizationally probably one of the best in the world. 
and physically, and technically, of course, but physically and mentally, the English, we never like to play them in Holland because they kill you. And, but that's how it started. That was the start of my philosophy. My philosophy, that was your question, was always based on football. I myself, I was a very technical player. I loved to play football. I think it was spoiled by these athletic coaches who, who, who pretend to be football coaches and put us in the woods and let us run. And I, my opinion was always from you have to combine everything of this beautiful uh, game in combination what it should be. And that's the technique and the tactical, tactical side of, of the game. Yeah, my opinion, and of course, you, you worked for me quite a few years, was always from think beyond these borders and think for yourself on what kind of team do I have? Because all the tactics and all the philosophies and all the lineups, you can't do anything when you don't have the players for it. So uh, my philosophy is based on what do you have and how can you get the most out of them individually and as a team? We've touched on Brandon a little bit before the pod and, um, and, and just now. So reflecting on the the four years I had at Brandon United, which just give a context to the, to, to the listeners, is a semi-professional club in the Northern League in County Durham. Um, on, upon reflection, um, how, how good was Brandon United? Yeah. <laughs> How good was Brandon United? How good were the coaches of Brandon United? How good is the system in England when you try to develop players? I'm coming from Holland. In Holland, you have the opportunity to go to club development. And you have an average age group. You have six teams, seven, and then you develop. Brandon United is a one club, one team senior club which buys players or tries to attract players but more important the manager is the most important because the manager comes if he brings the money then you have a good team if he doesn't and he's not successful and he gets sacked he takes half the players so how on earth can you say Brandon is good or not last year Brandon was top of the Northern League one. The next year, they rock bottom because no resources, different manager, etc., etc. So the only thing we could do at Brown, and I think Brandon was great, especially when we tried to connect it with the junior side, because I think Brandon is quite a decent place, big place. Uh, 9,000 people live there. There's a lot of youngsters who want to play football. It's the most popular uh, sport in, in the UK. You can attract loads of youngsters, but we have one small problem, and the problem, or which is a big problem, of course, is the competitiveness. Uh, parents are so involved in their kids and want them. When Brandon United Juniors is not good enough, then we go to whatever is better in the Russell Foster League, which is the, the biggest league in Durham area because they want to play Premier League. And that's exactly the same for Brandon United first team. When you were working for me, or we were working all together, 
how many players, and now you have to help me, how many players did we have from Brandon over the four years? Not many. No. 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 But we tried to attract them, but they were so good at a certain point, and Brandon didn't have the resources, and I'm talking about organization, I'm talking about money, yeah. because in the end, it's uh, football is about money. We didn't have a chance. Like I had good coaches, you were one of them. And I was proud of them. And, and I still remember with Arthur Phyllis Cook that you did your Eva B. And yeah. Arthur was even, and Arthur is a legend in the Durham area. And he was impressed. And you, hey, you passed your Eva B. And, and he said, BJ, you're doing so well with Brandon. No, yeah, we're doing well. You want to have 25 players during the training session. I want you prepare everything. But that's not Northern League. Northern League is, yeah. Uh, I'm not allowed to say it, so I say it in a in a decent way. Is 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 I think an awful league because there's so many good players, but they leave for ten quid more to another team. And so was Brandon good? Yeah, Brandon was very good to develop. We tried to do our best. I think we developed. We developed, and I think you agree with that. Quite a few yeah. decent players. Yeah, and we had a fantastic coaching staff. Well, yeah, that's it. Northern League, good luck. What um, I know, I've t- well, I know I've touched on it uh, before there a, a little bit uh, early on the pod. What is your uh, current philosophy now, or what is your philosophy um, now to this day? It's a, that's a, that's. I, I was so pleased with that question you sent me. Then, of course, I can prepare a bit, but I tell you what. I'm so pleased with that question. And in Holland now, we have a massive discussion about lineups and uh, coaching philosophy. And we talk about the 5 4 1, or are we talking about 3 5 2 1, or whatever? And I think Kuman played with a national team against um, uh, France and Gibraltar, and he played four for you. And the man went back to five for one, which he said that he hated it when Louis Vergal played it at the World Cup. But the players were more confident in the system. They played. Now, and I think that's the whole point. And you will see it when you say, for all right, these are players from the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. There were so many good players. But I tell you what, if you have these players, it doesn't matter what kind of system you play or not. No. I don't believe in a system. I don't believe in a system. I believe in players. I look at my players and say, what's the best system to play? If you have two wingbacks that we would call them now, when I was younger, at your age, we had fullbacks. Now we have wingbacks. Yeah. Yeah, all right. We have to. If you have two very good wing backs, yeah, okay, play five, three or three five, whatever. I have them on the wing. So, what's my favorite? Again, I keep saying that I don't believe in favorite systems. I believe in systems. I'm brought up Dutch. What's Dutch four three three? Bang. There you go. But. I, I believe in players. I'm very honest. Very honest. I think that's a bit what I told you all the time. <laughs> yeah. Believe in yourself. Look yeah. at your players. What do you have? Yeah. 
brilliant um advice for the for, for the listeners. So coming on to that then, um from your philosophy, what is the best formation that you like to see? Because at Brandon we played three five two, we played three four three, we played uh four four two, we yeah, played four three three, four two three one. Yeah. I love to play four three three if I have to play it. Because everything is covered on the pitch. Yeah? yeah. You can put, put pressing football. That's what we like. And whether you put your number 10, you can put your number 10, yeah, whatever, straight after your number 9. But, but you, you can play in a diamond in the, in, in, in the minute. You can push. If you're really confident, you play with, with two in the back. I'm not bothered. Yeah. Ideally, I, I, my favorite system is 4 3 3. For free because you can you have the yeah I I, I think four five one or something like that that's basically defending system one yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and you know me I'm an attacking but yeah if we had we <laughs> you, you did you did Brandon United under twenty ones yeah you look at the level yeah good luck with your four three three the, the boys didn't even have a clue where you were talking about, where you did your tactical session. So what did we say to each other? Hey, keep it as short as possible. Only the key points. Again, with, with more talented players, you can go more into detail. But my definitely my favorite system, if you ask me one, is 4-3-3. Four, 4-3-3. Three, three. Four, three, three. With fullbacks, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Uh... Which is your favourite practice to coach? Practice, yeah. I think again, yeah, favourite practice. I, I I need to view practices from you, which I think were very interesting. We all learn from each other, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. But if I can say anything, I don't have a favourite practice. I have one favourite thing, and that's I want with every practice. I want the ball be involved. Because we do all this idiot stuff pre-season without the ball because we have to be fit. I think you can be knackered with the ball. And you can do a lot of fitness with the ball. But there should be a ball involved. And for the rest, I... Listen. What's here? Go to the Premier League clubs now. Or go to whatever club in, in Holland. And they do a warming up. They're all the same. They're all in lines. Hey, when when the technique of the, the, the athletic coach, who are they call them, the warming up coach, is not looking, they're cheating because they don't they don't do the trick. No, no. Do you know what you have to do? Uh, what does a footballer love? A ball. Yeah. And he has to deserve the ball. And if he deserves the ball, then he's doing everything for you because hey, confidence comes with the ball, not with running. So any any practice. With a ball, yeah, I'm a favourite, though. Massive one. Brilliant. Do you have any advice to young players and young coaches? Maybe young players wanting to play Northern League, young players wanting to, you know, coach like like myself. How how young I was back then, um, in in in, in coming yes. up in in the four years with you and the coaching staff that we had. Ah, yeah, it's it's it's. Be yourself. Eh? It's it's. I I often use it with like coaches or followers because 
a top coach says this and they all follow. And I think we had loads of discussions about it. I wrote an article about from I don't believe in two-footed people. Fang, hey, people try to kill me. Because what every single player, no, it's be yourself. I say to every single coach, watch, observe, learn from other people, but be yourself. And if you if you're not gonna be the, the, the Pep Guardiola, because not everybody can can be Pep Guardiola, then you're not that. But I have now over the last couple of weeks I spoke with quite a few coaches from Holland, Tim from Northern Ireland. Uh, from England, Mike McGarvey, you can him from Fleetwood Town. And yeah, they are coaches in their own right. I always said that to you, to be yourself, yeah. but be confident in what you're doing. And other coaches are waiting, waiting to make you, to you making a mistake or anything like that. I think for me, I, 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 when you invited me for the podcast, I went back to my admin, a bit of my admin. I developed a course for coaches in America, which was a one-week course. I put it all together myself with my own philosophy. I probably I showed you that or not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you did, must yeah. be, must be. That's a book like like a centimeter thick. That's that's me, because I think. Be independent and don't not listen. Good ideas, follow people, believe in people, but be yourself. That's what I'm saying to players, and that's what I'm saying to coaches. And players is nowadays with agents, and when you're good, it's easy. When you're not good, an agent not very interested in you, I think. Yeah. And for players in the in the in the in the, in the Northern League, I just had Middlesbrough under twenty ones in Holland. And it's an okay team. They have two players in the under-18s, England team. No. They all have their own agents. Shall I tell you how many going to reach from the under-21s from middle of row now? How many going to reach the first team? How many? Not even one. Not even one. So where do we end up? Probably. Like, that's a big problem with these clubs. They have a contract or a small contract, but still a decent contract for, for an under-21 player. They always also have to think, and also their parents, to think about, whoa, what's, what's there when I don't reach professional football? Yeah. So still things, and enjoyment, of course. They have to enjoy it. You In the Northern League, you can still have fun if you find the right club. Hey, that's a phrase I always said to the players, find the right club, find the right coach. Yeah. Um, when I was at Brandon for about nearly four years, or, or, or four years, yeah. um, the magic rectangle came up about every training session at, on a night time from seven o'clock till nine o'clock, uh, once a week at Parkside Senior yeah. School, 3G pitch. And just for the listeners... Um, if you can give some context to it and what are the benefits for coaches and players using the magic rectangle? Massive. Uh, even you and me had a discussion about the magic rectangle. Yeah, BJ, should I use it all the time? You don't because you're experienced. You shouldn't. 
but the magic rectangle is developed for inexperienced coaches. Uh, but having said that, I developed it because in England, when you're an under 12 coach and you go to Parkside and you have a spot from seven to eight before the, the, the team before is off the pitch, you're, you have to prepare, it costs you 10 minutes. In the end, you have five minutes because you have to go off. You have 45 minutes for training. Yeah. That's not effective. So you don't want to swap cones around and stop stations and blah, blah, blah. And in the magic rectangle, you can do everything. You can do everything where you want. Smaller kits, small rectangles, colors, bigger kits, bigger rectangles, more working in lines. And even at senior level, if you want to use a whole pitch, you can use certain things to tuck in or anything to give your uh, players easy and, and detailed information if you want. Um, Magic Dangle is not necessary in, in Holland. I think it's, it's necessary for the people who coach non-selection teams because they don't have the papers and they don't have the experience. Uh, I advise that, that, that the magic rectangle is not not like it's not oh, oh it's so special, but it is more for the FA should have the magic rectangle on their list for twenty years now because that's that's starting coaches are benefiting so much from the magic rectangle and for the for the for the for the listeners are probably interesting. That I explain how it works yeah. with a magic rectangle is yeah. nine rectangles. It's just a pitch. A pitch is a pitch. Always think in rectangles. So you have a pitch, but you can make a pitch for smaller kids, like a 4v4 pitch. You make it to 20 by 40, for example, and you divide your 20 by 40 into nine rectangles. And nine rectangles, that means that you have three rectangles. At the bottom, that can be the defensive third. You don't believe it. You're free in the middle. That can be the middle third. You don't believe it. Or it can be the attacking third. At the corner rectangles for the smaller kids, can you can color them with cones, orange, blue, whatever. They recognize that. Now, you can do technical exercises. You, you can do small-sided games. You can even do uh, passing-receiving exercises. You can do all sorts. You can do circuit training. Because you use the corner rectangles and you know every every rectangle is a circuit, circuit one, two, three, and four. And you're in the middle and you're in control. And that gives more yeah, confidence to a starting coach, but also for an experienced coach. If you let me do an, 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 a session with whatever age group or whatever level, I show how easy it is. And that's yeah, you know, I am a big fan of the magic rectangle. More because we don't have free training session in England. And it's still not like that. Yeah, you can tell me that now. It's yeah. still not like that, don't know. I think it's the same thing where you're on five or six and then another per, another team's coming on, six or seven, seven or eight. What, what's that, well, at the moment, what's the most, what's the biggest club in Durham County or in Newcastle? Biggest club? for Cranleton, Cranleton or... or... I, I think Cranleton Walls and Walker Central... Um, Central, yeah. Newcastle City Juniors. Oh, City Juniors. Yeah. yeah. But they train twice a week. 
I think so, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Now, now, in Holland, every three times. Three times, one half hour. Off we go. So we're still not even here, are no? No. No. Still a way behind because, obviously, when I went to Holland with you and the team and when I went to PSV in 2018 with my work colleagues and yourself, every yeah. mile or every corner you turned, it was a 3G stadium, facilities, resources was oh, there. True. Now, in England, you've got to travel about 5, 10, 15 miles for one 3G to the next 3G. So, mm. in comparison to, to the... English way and the, to, to the Dutch way for facilities and training wise obviously the Dutch way is better um, but hopefully with the English DNA and stuff like that in, 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 in grassroots getting the, the money from various organisations it could look like what Holland looks like where you turn around the corner there's teams playing there's grass pitches playing um, on the corner but now these days you know, like things are getting built around football pitches, so it's it's either uh office buildings, new housing, um, mm. things like that. So the the grass pitches are going away. Hopefully, we'll see more three Gs because you can obviously train and play all yeah. year round. Um, it's mm. just with the cost of the three G and the running costs of that, and it it is quite expensive to kind of get the three G down. Um yeah. and and obviously the running cost with that with the lights and stuff like that and then obviously maintenance of the three G and ten fifteen twenty years down the line maybe or before that it needs to re- to be relayed so all of the money's going back into the club to get it relayed and 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 things like that but hopefully the English teams and the English kind of philosophy the DNA from the English FA can. It it could be like Holland and and hopefully not too many years to come. Yeah, I just lost you, but that's, I think I didn't miss too much. No. Um, what, what or how was Martin Pennings' influence on you as a player and, and a coach? What was that like, and what did he do uh, for you as a player or or a coach to kind of not so much survive, but as a, as a footballer player or this the like the simplest way how did he get you to think how did he get you to play how did he get you to move because i can remember when we went to holland and we played brand united played a holland um team and i think we got beat 5-3 because they were just brilliant at moving the ball and positional sense and everything like that and at half time he was talking to one of our centre halves that played for us i think he was an australian he come from Australia, and yeah. he was talking to Martin. Was talking to him, and 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 I was looking across, and and he was saying, I could I could just quite hear what he was saying in in English, and some of the stuff wasn't bamboozling. It was just simple. keeping it simple in in simple language, simple terminology, so he could understand. How was that? How was how was how was his influence um, no. on you? I, I told you in the beginning of this 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 podcast that I had always my own opinion about the game. Always, I was not an easy kid to handle. Um, 
I think I was quite gifted. Didn't take everything out of my career, what I should do, but I'm very, I was very happy with it. And that is the reason I left OEC Rosmalen, where I'm originally from. That's the biggest club in Holland. They have, for the listeners, they have 2,600 members, 360 teams. You've been there. We've been there a couple of times. Um, Massive club, semi-professional. When I played there, they were decent, decent. And I left them when I was 18 because I wasn't happy because we had youth coaches. We always won the league. And I think we had average coaches. I was fighting for better uh, opportunities for, for, for us because we were from a village. We were next to, the, to a city, which is called Dembos. And, um, and then I got the opportunity to go to another club because they asked me, they paid money for it. And I went to Dembos. So you go from a village to the city. That's that's not a good idea. <laughs> but I went and I was a... Right, record now. Yeah. And so I had fantastic time with Wilhelmina Dambos. It's an uh, old professional club. And, uh, and you met him. My captain there was Rini de Groot. He is now one of the head scouts of PSV Eindhoven. And, um, and then I, I was asked by Desk, and that's, uh, that's a, it's a big club in, in, in the south of Holland. Uh, they play the highest amateur league, which is basically semi-professional because this, we had that time two professional leagues and then you had the highest amateur league. And Martin was, the manager. Now, Martin and myself, we are a bit, bit similar characters when you talk about hairstyle and philosophy. We, uh, he was at that time very relaxed. He had a strong opinion. And what, what I liked, and that is... Ross? Yeah, still got you, yeah. Yeah, it's still going? Yeah, still going. Okay, sorry. And um, so um, he wanted technical players and yeah, it, it, from the beginning, we always were were a team. And we, we talked beyond the boundaries. There you go. I was, uh, again, I was not an easy player to handle by a manager. I'm very honest. I give you an example. My first uh, game, I was two minutes too late. He put me on the bench. And I thought, was this for an asshole? Sorry, excuse my French. And, but he did it. But that was the best thing he did. Because he said, BJ, I, I like you very much, but I don't give a whatever. I put you on the bench. And you're one of my favorite players, but I don't give a whatever. And from then on, it's uh, because after we, we, four years, we were together. And then he went to Geldrop, you know Geldrop. Yeah. And they became champions of Holland, amateurs. And he wanted to take with me and with my, but that's for, for me was long travel. So I didn't do it. 
uh, but we, we kept in touch all the time. And it's not only the, the, the philosophy, his philosophy is slightly different from mine, but it doesn't matter. It's the respect there is. And I, I just told you in, in, in the beginning of Naya, before we started this podcast, and this is interesting for people in England, this man is 75. He's one of the main scouts, was one of the main scouts of PSV Eindhoven. Together with all-time goal scorer in, in, in the Eredivisie, so in the, in the Premier League in Holland, Willy van der Kuyle, and with Klaas van Baalen, who was at Wilhelmina, where I was once with the, the team after OEC. These Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I said is, is it's unbelievable that the, the reason that he has talent is that when you're 75 and you're so active, he just made a transfer. <laughs> 75, one of the main scouts of PSV went to Ajax. So they bought him in. Uh, it says, that, says it all, no? Yeah, definitely. And Martin and myself, we still have quite decent contact and we talk about this silly game, but. You're a bit like that, Ross, or you're a bit, you are like that. We we call each other lovers of the game. Yeah. We don't talk complicated. We talk simple. And that's... Uh, so Martin, yeah, yeah, he's an uh, interesting guy. Always went his own way. What is now the Dutch way? What is the Dutch <laughs> philosophy now with, with football? Can we skip? Can we skip this uh, question? <laughs> nah, what is now? It, it's, sorry to say, it's it's 20 years ago. I um, I did that silly, silly with, with uh, what's his name? The guy from BBC, uh, Dan Rowan. He was at that time at Sky and it was the state of the game. Do you remember that? Yeah. After uh-huh. Mr... McLaren and his umbrella, and we didn't qualify, and blah, blah, blah. And there was a very, and you have to help me now, but he just retired at Southampton, but he was, that time, he was he was 17, he was from Arsenal. Uh, was it the striker? Not sure. Not sure. Uh, Bullock? Bullock, no. What, uh, Might have been before my time, I think. No, no, he just retired last year. Just from Southampton. From Southampton. Striker. 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 Oh. One, uh, probably one for the listeners, I think. No, no. Th- yeah, that's a good one for the listeners. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and I think they're already on your backside about it. <laughs> uh, but I, I, but it, it, what, what, what I tried to say is that it was such a mess then, the state of the game. Yeah. And it was all about the failure of the academies. What is the philosophy? It was then. We, at that time, had fantastic players. Talk about Barakamp, Overmars, all these players. Yeah? Yeah. So, what is the... In what kind... Listen, we don't... We have decent defenders. World-class defenders or not. Yeah. If you talk about De Ligt, De Vrij, uh, 
your boy from Botman from Newcastle. Yeah, uh-huh. He's probably the best of the four at the moment. Van Dijk. Now, uh, uh, Willem's at the, at the right. So, midfield with Frankie, we have a couple of decent. We don't have forwards. So, what's the state of the game in Holland? Crap. <laughs> we don't score. No, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. if you don't have the players, uh, I think what I like is, and what I like the most, what last year happened, is that slot from Feyenoord stayed yes. with Feyenoord. Yeah. Ten Hag stayed another year with Ajax, and now you see how difficult it is for him because he wants to introduce the Dutch way. Oh, we, we do everything with the ball. We in, like, we're in charge. We are the boss. We're not Mourinho. Just bloody hell second with 25 people and wait for that for that counter and you score. It doesn't... The Dutch are always trying to play football. And I think we still do that. And we did that in the 70s and the 80s and we're still doing it. I think you agree with that or not? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh-huh. The yeah. philosophy now is based on... Yeah, if you look at the Dutch team... You have to go to European Championship. Uh, they had a decent... Did you see the first three minutes against Ireland? No, Did I didn't. See... No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. Please look it back. You you laugh your socks off. They're playing in their own five-yard box with a goalkeeper and two defenders and losing it. And there's a, there's a ping. <laughs> it's a laugh. So we... Well, yeah, that's Dutch. It's a risk. We always play with risk. So, and I I don't like the way Van Gaal plays I think that's negative he did it in South Africa he did it and now again it's everyone is a, is a fan of Van Gaal I'm not because he's a math he's a mathematician of, you know, a math, math man yeah mathematician a mathematician that's right that's if you were a, a manager what style system would you play in today's game? Obviously, I think we know, I know yourself, we spoke you about, know, we spoke about all night listeners know, yeah. Well, I, I can listen, I'm, I'm depending on players, huh? Yeah. You're depending on players. You're still a manager, I'm not anymore. I, um, but if you give me the best team in the world, yes, I play like Guardiola. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. But uh, if I don't have the best player in the world, then how many times did I tell you? Ross, you're doing the under-18s of Brandon. But I tell you now, coaching the under-18s of Newcastle United is easier than coaching the under-18s of Brandon. Yeah. Because the difference in level at Brandon is about four levels. The difference in, in at Newcastle is probably two or three levels. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. course... You have only one goal at Newcastle United on the ratings. That one player is the most important. He has to go through the ranks and has to play in the first team. The rest is just filling. Yeah. If you have a good team, no, there you go. But if you don't do it well with a good team, then you're going to be sacked. You know the result. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Give me a good team. I play four three three. I put pressure on on on, um, on the opposition. I try to find the weak places. You know that I. Oh, how many times did I tell you? Every single player should know in five minutes what are the strengths of my 
uh, straight opponent and what are the weaknesses. Yeah. 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 That's how how it works, I think. Yeah, definitely. Okay, hopefully we'll come on to the fun part if if, if the listeners haven't had fun listening to you uh, today, baby. <laughs> so what is your best 11? It can be from from when you used to play or watch Holland uh, up to now. So from the past to now, which is best? You can, you can have a club 11 or a national Holland team 11, whatever you want. What would be your best 11? I think I know who you would pick in goal. Not from the Surrey. Van 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 Breveren. Van Beveren. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, 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 I did a bit of study on this. We we go through it, and you're gonna help me because you always helped me when I was struggling. But I have a few few uh, few goalkeepers here. Dino Zoff. Okay. Buffon. Okay. Michael, yeah, and Casillas. Mm-hmm. Out can... of those clear, and then I don't have Sepp Meyer from the nineteen seventy four. Okay, World Cup German team. Yeah. Do you know what interesting is from all these goalkeepers? No. How many made a dive? Sof was always standing in the right place. Yeah. Stopped when he was forty two. Before was always at the right place. Stopped at 40 or something like that, I don't know. Yeah. Michael, same. Casillas, same. So goalkeepers are bloody hell, bloody hell, tactical animals. And you see this from Beverwells, of course, yet style. So who should we go for? I think Come I'm... on, out the two of us. I think out of those ones, out of that list... For me personally, I would go for uh, Gigi Buffon, but I think you would go for Casillas because he, he used his feet. No. no, I'm not a Casillas fan. No? No, Casillas did a great deal. No, 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 no. I'd rather go for Buffon. Okay. But I go for Dinozov. Right, okay. Dinozov. Dinozov. Yeah. Uh, then I have a few in, in... I wrote them down, three of my favourites, but... Listen, I, you know I'm going to play 4-3-3, three, three, eh? you know that. Yeah, uh-huh. So the top three, let's start with the top three, that's easy enough. Yeah. For the okay. last 50 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I put Ronaldo on the left and Messi in the right, and I put Johan Cruyff in the, in the centre. Are you okay. okay with that? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Not a bad line-up, eh? Is that Cristiano Ronaldo or is it Brazilian Cristiano, Ronaldo? Yeah, Cristiano, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't like him, but... I don't know because then you have Romario and all these. Yeah. No, no, no. I think Christian, with all respect for Ronaldo, the Brazilian one, you're right. You're right. But now you go to the back. And I have some interesting, but I think I go for Zanetti. Zanetti from Inter Milan on yes. the right. Yes, right. I like yes. He was 40 when he stopped. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so decent. Knows he was always up. up. Hey, 4 3 3, yeah. Yeah. Was on top of it. On the left, left fullback. What do you think? I choose. There's one of the best left fullbacks ever in Holland. Who was that? In Holland. Oh. I played centre back as well, but Ruth yeah. Kroll. Right, okay. Ninety seven four. But I'm not taking him, I take Maldini. I was gonna say Maldini to be fair. Yeah, Maldini. So that's right and left covered. Yes. For me. Yeah. Now we go to the centre. That's interesting. I'm going to take one 
I should hate, but it admired me all my life. He won a World Cup as a player. He won a World Cup as a manager. He's German. Who is that? Luther Matthias? No. no he's here. Franz, Franz Beckenbauer. Franz Beckenbauer. I'm going to put him on. And forget about Kuman, because I think Beckenbauer in his time was better. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I have to choose because I have two. One is Spanish and one is Italian mm-hmm. next to him because he needs a decent defender next to him because yeah. he's quite slow. Yeah. Who's going to be that? Cellini or Ramos? I'm going to go with Ramos. I could, I, that was not my idea. I got to Ramos. That was my idea. So we have now Zanetti on the right, Maldini on the left, Beckenbauer and Ramos in the middle because Ramos is an animal. Yeah? I thought I thought you would have had Beresi in there. Hey, hey, look at this. Look what I have here. Hey, Chico, Baresi, Van Basten, Platini. Yeah? And... Where you think, where you think, I put Messi, Ronaldo, and, and, and Suarez, Maradona. Where do we leave him? <laughs> I think Ronaldo is more in my, in my system, mm-hmm. because Maradona was more like Messi and Cruyff, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Wow, well, that's, uh, and then, and, but okay, but, but you're right, it's a good one, it's a good one. I have Baresi, Franco Baresi, yeah. But Franco Reggie is a bit like like Beckenbauer, aren't um, like, I think he needed he needed a centre back in front of him. He was more a sweeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was a killer. Hey, listen, every Italian is a killer, so don't worry. But he could he played he played the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right. You're right. Ah, now now we have a problem in midfield. Your middle three. That's good. Uh, Ross, I have a problem. The whole of my village is listening to me. <laughs> That's what Anna just said. As you came in. Oh, is this to the listeners as well? Yes, okay, yes. That's fine. <laughs> Welcome to France. Vive la France. Hey, and now the center. Center. Yeah, that's very difficult. I, I, I want an attacking midfield. So I think I'm going to take Xavi okay. and Iniesta. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have about six players here. No, no, no. Forget about Savi. I take Iniesta. Okay. And I take Zidane. Zinedine Zidane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I have five players to cover them. Okay. I have Roy Keane, mm-hmm. Lothar Mateus, Frank Lampard, Johan Neskens, and Patrick mm-hmm. Vieira. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm going to take. Johan Niskens. No. <laughs> Patrick Vieira. Yeah. It's him or? Roy Keane. Yeah, exactly. I think I should go for Roy Keane. Okay. But yeah, they fought with each other already, you know? Mm-hmm. Vieira and yeah, Roy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you have that with Zidane and Iniesta and Keane, Keane is killing everyone. Yeah. Or Vieira is killing everyone. Yeah. It's up to you. Could you have had. Um... Oh, now, you know, now you know my team? Could you have, could you had um, Makaleli in there? No, because Makaleli is too too is a nice kid. I I I think Makaleli is not like Keane and Vieira. He's not a killer. 
Yeah. I, 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 do you know what it is? Gagnescus did everything what was there. Are you? It's, it's out of your era, but I was 15 when I saw that World Cup in 1974. That Neskins, he killed people. And that's why he made Krauss' life so easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need someone like Zidane, who's so creative. Yeah, then you have these top three. And I think Maradona, they are probably the whole people who listen to your podcast, yeah, forget about it. If Maradona is not in his team, forget about him. <laughs> and they're probably dead right. But, uh, so, yeah. few, of my friend, few of my friends will kill me when I say that Maradona <laughs> is not my all-time uh, 11. <laughs> but this is what I like from football, or not? You as yeah. well. It's yeah. the yeah. discussion. And, yeah. uh, so mm-hmm. I thought about it. But, yeah. so I thought, let's go for the world and not for Holland. That's too easy. Mm-hmm. So, for the world brilliant um loved that loved you know chatting to you and thank you very much for um speaking to the podcast the podcast is still in its infancy and trying to get guests on like who i've had who have been brilliant yourself have been fantastic in just trying to get the the podcast still up and running and the fun that we've had in the podcast today we just reminded me of the brand and times that we had and from 2010 to 2014, that was quite a long time ago now, but yeah. that was probably the the best. And like I said on today's, uh, where, when I said today's special guest is yourself, the guru bit, um, I did mean that because you were, you let us kind of, I think it's always good to have for young coaches to make mistakes. And if I was anywhere else, I don't think I would have, Survive. I lasted the four years, so I'm entirely grateful. Um, but that's that's both ways. Like I like to work with young people like yourself, and thank you for having me on this podcast. But again, it is we are the ones with the experience. You are the ones with the ideas, and that's why you can to your tell to your guests. There's an old man of sixty four talking about this game but he's not coaching anymore he has a lot of experience he's doing still a bit left right and center but the the future is with you and even younger coaches than you and they should take and they should have the support of the fa and especially the premier league clubs as well and the professional clubs yeah. And give them an opportunity and don't stick with these old professionals in uh, in this silly game. So thank you, uh, Ross. Thank you very much. No problems. Thank you.